Well, let's see. Uh, first off, there's uh, something we're beginning to pay more attention to, and that's a content warning. A content warning. And for this message, before we send the kids out, just there's a content warning for this message because we're going to show some images on the screen. And one image in particular is of Bloody Sunday, uh, the march in Selma, March 7th, 1965. And we're going to talk a little bit about John Lewis today. And there's an image of police brutality. So just want to give you a heads up. And so as I invite the kids to head out to kids' ministry, if that is potentially um, alarming to you and you want to take a step out as well, that's okay too. We bless you. All right? So we invite our kids to head out to kids' ministry. So kids, would you head on out, please? And we celebrate our kids. We celebrate our kids' ministry volunteers. So thank you all so much. Amen. All right. I'm going to put this microphone here so that Nathan Cook can bless you with his singing later in the service. Uh, this is Nathan Cook's first Sunday playing piano. We're really thrilled for Nathan. And I'm sorry I didn't mention it last week, but last week was Joe Hart's first Sunday playing piano in worship. So Joe Hart, Joe, I know I saw you. Uh, Joe, Joe! Oh my goodness, there we go. Okay. See, look at that. Deep bench. Like in case Nathan falls over, Joe just jumps right up, you know. In case Joe falls over, Jonathan jumps. It's brilliant. Okay, we're set. We're in good hands. Okay. Well, 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 well. It has been election week in America. And Thanksgiving is just around the corner. So let me ask the tough question. How do you get along with people who are different from you? Maybe that deserves its own content warning, just that question. It's not an easy question. We struggle, don't we? We struggle with difference. This past Tuesday, I was with my family in the public library in Chillicothe, Ohio. We were in Ohio for Shay's grandfather's funeral. And amid preparation for that service, we took an hour away so that we could breathe a little and so that I could work on my sermon. And Shay was perched in a window seat reading. Our kids were on the public computers playing educational games, I hope. And I had just settled down at a small table when a stranger lumbered into the room. And I admit, I was on alert. May I join you? He asked. I said, please do. And he sat down with his many effects, and he noticed my worn breviary on the table. That's a well-used Bible, he said. May I see it? Sure. It's a, I said, it's a Benedictine breviary. It's a daily prayer book that I use. And he said, ah. Believe it or not, and he was still standing up at this point. Uh, believe it or not, I once thought of becoming a monk. One of the warriors. Which order is that? And I said, uh, <laughs> well, the, I said, uh, the Dominicans are teachers, right? And the Franciscans are in voluntary poverty, so um, the Jesuits? Yes, he replied. Yes. The sword bearers. And he goes, that life wasn't for me, but 
I still carry swords. And that was when I noticed the large knife on his belt. And then he reached down into his heavy bag and pulled out a blue and yellow dagger that he started unsheathing in a public library, <laughs> 10 feet from my children. And he looked at me and he said, but some people aren't okay with these things. <laughs> and on the spot, I offered my best defense. I'm not actually Roman Catholic. <laughs> and he put his swords away. And we spoke of other things. His name was John Matthew. We were different. Can we live with difference? How do you get along with people who are really different from you? Dr. Jeannie Safer has been married to her spouse for over 40 years, and they are of different political persuasions. Dr. Safer wrote the book and created the podcast called I Love You But I Hate Your Politics. And she wrote it out of her own experience and in response to the impasse that so many Americans feel that they are experiencing these days. Dreading family gatherings on the holidays. Cutting Thanksgiving meals an hour short or two hours short to avoid disagreeable topics. Unfriending on social media. Pew Research polls reported that 27% of respondents had blocked or unfriended someone just before the 2016 election. And those numbers have continued to escalate ominously. Erasing a relationship has become an acceptable way to disagree. Dr. Safer writes, Endless arguments between people who love each other ultimately stem from grandiose fantasies about the power we have over others and from our compulsion to exercise that power to change their minds and make them a reflection of ourselves. In his second letter to the Corinthian church, the Apostle Paul is addressing a deep struggle over differences. And let's keep in mind, this is his second letter. The first letter didn't fix everything. In between letters, Paul visited the community there in Corinth, and the visit did not go well. Someone seems to have humiliated Paul in public. They suggested in public that he had no authority, and it made Paul sad. And the community appears to have kicked that person out. But Paul writes to say, that's enough. Please try to forgive and comfort this person. Show your love. Show your love. It's in the second chapter. It's this really beautiful model of grace. Paul doesn't name the person to humiliate them back, so we don't know the name of the person. But rather, Paul lavishes this encouragement to the whole community. Hey, in Christ, we do things differently. We are different from the way of the world. The world thinks we're out of our minds. You heard Crystal read it, right? The world thinks we are out of our minds, but what does Paul say? If we are out of our minds, it's for God's sake. Now, our worship series this month is called If Then. If I drop a bowling ball on my foot, then my foot will hurt. Right? 
or as Stephen led us last week to reflect for all saints, if we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, then let us persevere in the strength of the saints. In the church, this if-then thinking is called systematic theology. That sounds really nerdy, but I invite you into the nerddom, all right? It's called systematic theology. If God created the world and us to tend to it, then we have some ecological responsibility, don't we? Or the foundation of Jamar Tisby's book, How to Fight Racism. It's an if-then. If humans are made in the image of God, then God's fingerprints rest upon every single person without restriction. You hear it? Okay. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul offers two if-then guiding statements. First, if anyone is in Christ, then that person is part of the new creation. We interact with that person not in the old way, but in a new way. And what is the new way? Well, that leads us to our second if-then. Ready? If God has reconciled us to Christ, sorry, if God has reconciled us to God through Christ, and God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, then we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors of reconciliation in this world. As Dr. Jeannie Safer would remind us, in American culture, we are not great at reconciliation. In American culture, we are not great at reconciliation. In fact, we are pretty broken right now. You think about political partisanship. You think about such profound disagreements in our cultural life. We are broken. And so it's helpful to look elsewhere for examples. For example, South Africa. South Africa took a very different approach to justice after apartheid, a word which literally means aparthood. The old system of society, apartheid, was built on a minority white population dominating people of color. But after apartheid fell apart in the early 1990s, South African President Nelson Mandela authorized the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. You hear that? The Truth and Reconciliation Commission to bring about a new way. And he appointed Anglican Bishop Desmond Tutu to chair it. Bishop Tutu. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission sought to tell the truth about the tragedies of apartheid and to pursue reconciliation Forgiveness over prosecution, reparation over retaliation, restorative justice over retributive justice. It was confusing to the world. But if we are out of our minds, it's for God's sake. It was rooted in reconciliation in the Christian tradition, specifically in Paul's letters. Well, the second example I want to offer you is closer to home. Hopefully now, um, hopefully you know this man, uh, Representative John Lewis of Blessed Memory. 
You may not know that he was an ordained Baptist minister or that he loved preaching so much as a child that he preached to the chickens on his family farm. Yeah. He was also one of the leaders of the march in Selma on Bloody Sunday, March 7th, 1965. 600 civil rights protesters were marching from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama to draw attention to voting rights. And they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge over the Alabama River. And on the other side of the bridge, Alabama state troopers and local police officers were waiting. They gave the marchers a two-minute warning to stop and turn back. And the protesters refused. And the officers tear-gassed them. And they beat them. And that's John Lewis in the forefront on the ground. John Lewis got a fractured skull. Over 50 people were hospitalized. And Lewis recovered, of course, and the bridge became a symbol of his life's work to heal our divides, to heal our divisions. And in his book, Across That Bridge, which is a must-read for anyone interested in the intersection of faith and public life, his very last chapter is called Reconciliation. It's the landing spot. He wrote, All our work, all our struggle, all our days add up to one purpose, to reconcile ourselves to the truth and finally accept once and for all that we are one people, one family, the human family, that we are all emanations of one divine source and that source is love. Now, like Paul's letters, this sermon does not fix everything. It doesn't even tell you how to get through Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sorry. But it does point to what we say God has done to reconcile us through Christ and how God has given us this ministry of reconciliation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, say that with me. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. I offer you that. I offer you Christ as the way ahead. And if the task of reconciliation feels like too heavy a lift right now, at least hear this. A month ago, I was at Richmond's first Clergy for Racial Reconciliation conference. It was a historic gathering. When you think about this city, and this is the first time clergy have ever, ever gathered for that purpose. And I heard there, I heard Dr. Jessica Brown speak about, the, the, uh, sorry, speak about facing the trauma of racism. And she said these surprising words. We don't have to have villains. We don't have to have villains. The villain is systemic racism. Racists are just doing what they know to do until they know something new. Now, I'm not going to name names, but I can think of a politician or two who really get under my skin. Y'all don't know what that's like. Okay, all right. And it's so easy for me, I confess this, I confess this to you, it is so easy for me to make that person 
or that party? The enemy. Right? But it doesn't get me anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't get us to the bigger troubles or the bigger solutions. Let's be released for greater things. As Paul said in Ephesians, our struggle is not against blood and flesh. You hear that? Our struggle is not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Friends, let's not make villains of each other. Let's not make villains of each other. We can hold people accountable for their behavior without demonizing them or making them the enemy. Because that stuff just harms us. Yes, let's grieve and repent. That means change our lives from the systems and the patterns of living that have held us and others captive. But when it comes to persons made in the image of God, when it comes to community, when it comes to the body of Christ, let us be a new creation. Let us be ambassadors for Christ in this world. Let us receive the ministry that God has given to us, the ministry of reconciliation. Amen.